Welcome to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. I am a doctor of physical therapy. I'm a fitness instructor, owner of Evlo Fitness. I'm happy you're here today. Today we're going to talk about fitness watches. Very controversial topic, as most of my podcasts are, and we're going to get right into it. Before we get going, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you would just take a second and leave me a review, if you are finding this podcast helpful or educational at all, um, if you're listening on Spotify, you could give it a follow. Another thing that really helps me is just to send this podcast to a friend that you feel like may need it. I'm really trying to spread this message of you know less is more and taking care of your bodies and your workouts and creating sustainable routines that improve our overall health. So if you could do one of those things, that would be amazing. Thank you in advance. And then number two, if you want to try my method, totally risk-free, I'm putting seven free classes in the show notes. So you can click on those, on that link, put in your email, and we'll send you seven free classes and you can keep them and take them over and over. All right. So let's get into it today. Today, I'm talking about my top three reasons why I no longer wear a fitness watch. I stopped wearing my fitness watch years ago, and honestly, I've never looked back. (laughs) I have talked about my personal experience with exercise in the episode entitled How to Internalize You've Done Enough, but let's just say that I was obsessing over exercise, and my goals were how many calories I could burn in my workouts, and this was at the cost of my mental health, my sleep, my joint health, and sometimes even my performance at work because I was exhausted, I was overworked, and I was underrested. And during this time, I was working out a ton, like every single day, seven days a week for sometimes two hours a day. Um, or you know, if I was just working out for one hour, it was really super intense. And my focus was burning calories and I actually had very little muscle, which is really interesting. It's hard for me to gain muscle. Just, I think my genetics, it's always been very hard for me to gain muscle. So I really have to focus on it. But during this time, I look back on photos and I'm like, I look like frail, right? Like it wasn't, I didn't look healthy in my opinion. And, and I didn't feel healthy either. Like my joints hurt. I was exhausted. I was cranky. Uh, I, I, I couldn't focus. I couldn't sleep well. It just was not good for me overall. And it just really wasn't effective for me to focus my attention on burning calories. Now, let me also just say that I was probably under eating. I know I was under eating during this time. And, you know, I was kind of playing the weekend warrior card where I was working really hard during the week. And then I was like, you know, going out on the weekend. So, you know, it was this compounding effect of exercising way too much and way too hard, never taking recovery days, not eating enough, and just kind of burning the candle at both ends that ultimately was not good for my overall health. So ditching my fitness watch was, you know, just one of the cascading events or cascading decisions that ultimately changed how I view exercise and really turned my health around. And this all was going on when I was young, I was 24. So age does not matter when it comes to this. We have people of all ages who kind of suffer with this and ditching my fitness watch wasn't any like magical solution, right? But it was something that I found was contributing to my unhealthy view of exercise and my obsession with burning calories. I want to say that fitness watches can be beneficial for a lot of people. I've read 
that more sedentary people who aren't getting a lot of activity can really benefit from wearing a fitness watch to get more activity. I think of my parents, they have fitness watches and I think it's just a reminder for them to like get up and go take a walk or whatever. And they don't obsess about it. Right. But And I think some of you will listen to this episode and decide that you want to keep wearing your watch. And I think that's 100% fine. I don't want you to feel guilty about wearing or using your fitness watch. I just want you to be informed on this. Think about this from a little bit of a different way. And then if you decide to keep using it, I just want you to like your reasons for using it. And my audience, I think my guess is that you all tend to get enough activity, right? Now you just need to learn how to stop feeling guilty for not doing more and more and more and more and how to stop feeling guilty for not closing your rings every single day, right? On your fitness watch. And this is my suggestions today. I'm going to go over on why I think maybe you should consider ditching it. If you feel like you're getting enough activity and you're just obsessing about it, these are the reasons why I think you should consider ditching it. So today I'll discuss the three main reasons why I don't recommend relying on your fitness watch for exercise. So here they are really quick. The first reason is because burning calories in your workouts isn't as as important as we think. Number two is about how fitness watches can kind of mess with our motivation. And I'll talk about some interesting theories about dopamine. And then lastly, I'll talk about how fitness watches don't account for the most important thing in your workouts, which is how effectively you're loading and stressing your muscles. So let's get into it. Reason number one, calories burned aren't as important as we realize. I think that we have created this, you know, gold standard that a good workout means that you burned a bunch of calories. And to me, that's not the best metric for measuring an effective workout, not even close. So let's go over it a little bit. I feel like I talk about burning calories in almost every episode because it's such a deep-seated belief in so much of the fitness community. But um, So for those of you that listen every week, I apologize. I'm a broken record. But there is so much focus on burn off more than you ate for weight loss. And I think that this mentality gets people into issues because it's not the whole picture. So number one, there's a few reasons why I don't think burning calories is the best metric for measuring your workouts. So number one, exercise actually burns far fewer calories than we actually think it does. Only about 10% of our daily energy expenditure goes to our workouts. Most of our calories during the day or most of our energy expenditure is used for powering processes like just moving our body or you know, walking to and fro places, using our arms, fidgeting, things like that, powering processes like digestion, our immune system, and fueling our brains. So most of our energy expenditure, 90% of our energy expenditure is going to those things. Only 10% is going to your exercise. So that's a very small percentage, even for those of you that are working out very intensely or for a long period. So that's number one. And then number two is that exercise actually isn't shown to improve your caloric deficit very effectively. We hear that to lose weight or to maintain weight, you know, calories out have to be greater than calories in. And that puts a lot more emphasis or equal emphasis rather on the calories out as the calories in. But a model called the uh, constrained total energy expenditure model, constrained total energy model, talks about how calories out is not near 
as important as calories in because we actually can't control calories out as much as we think. So I talked about this model in detail in the episode called debunking that more, sorry, it's called debunking that burning more calories leads to faster weight loss. And this model states that even if you burn a lot of calories in your workouts, your body will adjust by downregulating other processes to keep you within a narrow window of calories burned. And this is in an attempt to constrain your energy and not overextend. So what happens is you maybe burn a lot of calories in your workouts, and then later throughout your day or later throughout your week, your body will downregulate other processes like digestion, like your immune system, uh, like even mental health, so that you're, you're getting less energy expenditure on those things because you've already used it on your workout. So what happens is you, you don't end up really getting yourself into much of a deficit. You kind of stay within this narrow window of calories burned or energy expended. And this could be an evolutionary trait that has helped keep us alive, right? So that we don't completely drain ourselves and then have no energy left for the vital processes of our body to keep that keep us alive. So this theory showed that exercising more isn't very effective for weight loss. Exercise alone isn't very effective for weight loss, at least if you're just doing it to try to burn calories, because you might lose a few pounds. Uh, This model states like, you know, four-ish pounds, but then after that, it tends to cap and you don't lose a lot more weight after that. So you might be able to lose that four-ish pounds or so if you're just exercising but it levels off unless you're making nutritional changes. So nutritional changes are far, far more important than just trying to burn calories in your workouts. Okay. So the number three reason why burning calories isn't as effective as we think is that many people burn a ton of calories in their workouts and then later get starving and overeat what they think they've quote unquote burned off. And they think that they've quote unquote earned their food and then maybe make poor food decisions. There's no earning food, right? We need food to live. And if we start believing that we need to burn off our food, either before we eat it or after we eat it, that's where we can develop a dangerous relationship with exercise and food. Exercise becomes a tool for us to earn our food. Again, we don't earn our food. (laughs) We need food to live. We need fuel to live. Disordered eating is not my area of expertise. I do not want to claim that it is. So I really don't want to get too deep into that, but I also want to encourage you to seek help from a professional if you think you may be struggling with this. Um, But you know, these are just observations that I've made with myself and with the people that I've worked with that it is so common. And we hear that all the time, like, oh, you need to burn off that glass of wine that you ate, that you drank last night, or burn off that cupcake that you're going to eat at your 4th of July party or whatever it might be. And again, if you believe that burning a ton of calories is putting you into more of a deficit, but in reality, it really isn't putting you into more of a deficit because of this constrained energy model, you could think that you have more of a buffer around caloric needs and overeat, right? And this could just frustrate you that like, oh, my workouts aren't working because I'm not losing weight. It has nothing to do really with your work, very little to do with how many calories you're burning in your workouts. I always say if weight loss is your goal, 
manage stress, manage what you're thinking around exercise and food, and focus on what you're eating, not what you're burning. Trust me, you will see weight loss so much faster and so much more sustainably, and it'll be so much more enjoyable. So if you're running for like an hour, for example, and you come home and you eat the kitchen because you're freaking starving and you know your watch has told you, oh, well, you've burned off enough calories for a donut and five Oreos and a glass of wine and you know exactly uh, the, the exact portions that you can eat that you know will keep you within this calorie window you might end up getting frustrated, right? Because again, the constrained model says that your watch told you that you burn these, this many calories, but it's not necessarily putting you into as much of a deficit as you think. So I'm not implying that you shouldn't appropriately fuel after your workouts. Please don't hear me say that. I am not saying that you shouldn't eat after your workouts and that you shouldn't eat appropriately, but People can get hunger cues after intense exercise that may be making it more difficult to stick to their meal plans. Not always. And of course, intense exercise isn't bad. I feel like I always need to give these disclaimers so people don't hear me incorrectly. I'm not saying intense exercise is bad. I'm just saying that we shouldn't, you know, measure the amount of calories we burned in our workouts and then go and think that we, you know, have earned our food or that we need to burn off something later. Shifting the way we look at exercise to be less of burn off what I ate or what I will eat and more build my body up and fuel appropriately to help build my body up is so much more effective, so much more sustainable, and so much more enjoyable. Okay, and then almost done with calories burned here. And then the fourth reason why burning calories isn't as effective as we think is that many people will begin to burn calories in their workouts, like at all costs, it becomes the most important thing because that number on their watches at the end of their workouts is their motivation, not the actual exercise and what an actual workout is doing for their bodies in the long term. And this means that maybe they move faster, maybe they work out more intensely, uh, maybe they potentially choose movements that are damaging their joints and causing inflammation in their body just because they know it'll burn more calories. For anyone who has been through this, and hi, it was me, you know it's really not a sustainable way to exercise because your body begins to break down. If you're ignoring your body and just trying to burn as many calories as possible at all costs, it really doesn't work in the long term. You'll spend hours a week on a massage table or on a PT table or just like hurting And, you know, you're relying on these recovery tools to put you back together from your workouts. And I'm here to tell you that it does not have to be that way. You can effectively exercise and feel good in your joints. You don't have to feel torn up in order for your workouts to be effective. Your workouts should make you feel stronger and better and more resilient and more energetic and more mood stable, not broken down and fragile and painful and exhausted and starving all the time and dysfunctional, right? So it is possible for your workouts to build you up and not make you feel worse, but you just have to frame your workouts a bit differently. And that's one of my goals of this podcast and of my Evlo method. Okay. So that's burning calories. I feel like some of you might have some like (laughs) light bulbs going off or your minds might be exploding a little bit. If you need to go back and listen to any of that, feel free. 
All right, let's get into number two reason why I'm not a big fan of fitness watches, and it's their effect on motivation. Again, a disclaimer that some people love their fitness watch and feel like it positively motivates them and they're not obsessive about it and you know their bodies feel really good and they feel like it's working for them. If you don't resonate with what I'm about to tell you, that is completely okay. This is not a one-size-fits-all, right? This is only if you're listening to this podcast and you're nodding along like, yep, yep, that's me. That's when I encourage you to maybe consider ditching your fitness watch. So I just listened to a podcast, um, one of my favorite podcasts called The Huberman Lab. Andrew Huberman is a neurology professor at Stanford. So this guy knows his stuff about neuromodulators, (laughs) but he was talking about dopamine and dopamine's effect on motivation. And I thought some of his discussion would be perfect to apply to today's episode and theorize about the potential effects of fitness watches on motivation. So dopamine is a neuromodulator that is important for motivation. Dopamine gets released when we do things that are pleasurable, like taking a bite of delicious food or having sex or having a successful social interaction. And dopamine is released during exercise. Dopamine's evolutionary purpose is to reward us and motivate us to seek activities that are likely to keep us alive. So dopamine is great because it motivates us to pursue things that we want in our lives. It's a very motivating neuromodulator. But dopamine and rewards can be used for us or against us, and that's where fitness watches may come in. There are two interesting things to discuss here. First is something I researched called reward prediction and subsequent dopamine activity. So when you're unexpectedly given a reward from a behavior, you get a release in dopamine. So you do something and you get a reward, dopamine floods your system and you feel really good. As you repeat that activity, learning takes place, right? So I do the activity, I get a hit of dopamine, I feel really good. I start to associate positive feelings with this activity because I'm getting a reward after I do this activity. And, but what happens is over time, learning takes place. So you start to learn that I'm gonna get that reward after I do this activity. And so the reward doesn't quite hit as good, right? It doesn't hit as strongly as maybe it did in the first place. And this is um, maybe like where drug addictions come in, right? So this either makes you want more of the activity or like, you know, you need more of that activity to get that same hit, or it doesn't motivate you as strongly as it did before when the, when that dopamine hit felt more powerful in the beginning. Now, when the reward is not received from the same activity, dopamine drops And this sends a negative feedback signal to the brain and weakens the pleasant pleasant association that you had with that activity. So this can be applied to anything that releases dopamine or any reward. And it's actually how gambling and slot machines work and keep you coming back. But it can also be applied to exercise. So if you are rewarded from your fitness watch after your workouts by stopping, you know, stopping your timer on your fitness watch. And you get this, this hit of dopamine from looking at like, Oh my gosh, I burned so many calories. I'm so proud of myself. 
you get that gold star, that reward, and you associate positive feelings with exercise. And this sounds great. And this is what we want to keep us coming back to our workouts, to keep us consistent. But calories burned isn't the best metric. Remember, as I said earlier, as I just talked about for a long time, you could have a workout where your heart is beating and you're sweating, but your knees hurt the whole time and you didn't really fatigue your muscles very much and it just overall didn't feel great. But that dopamine hit from your fitness watch after you've completed your workout may keep you coming back to a workout that maybe isn't benefiting your body or suiting your body. On the contrary, you could have a workout that felt amazing, that um, you know your muscles were burning and fatiguing, maybe your heart rate was up, your joints felt really good, it felt really satisfying and comfortable like I talked about earlier. And then you end your workout and you look down at your fitness watch and you didn't burn as many calories as you usually do. And this lack of dopamine means that you aren't as motivated to choose that type of workout that might be suiting your body better, but you're not as motivated to choose that type of workout because you're not getting the reward. Even though choosing that workout more consistently might be better for your joints, might actually produce better results in your muscles and in your body and your body composition. So the good news is, is that we have very evolved human brains and we can become aware of this phenomenon and intentionally choose workouts that feel really good and really fatiguing and really satisfying on our muscles and rewire our associations to those workouts by maybe <laughs> ditching your fitness watch and stop worrying about how many calories you burn so that you're not giving your yourself that reward after you complete the workout, right? You're feeling the reward during the workout. And this takes me to the next piece of this, which is what Andrew Huberman um, talked about in his dopamine episode on how the greatest human successes come from learning to release dopamine during the activity rather than waiting for the reward or the gold star after the activity. So it's less of a, you're done, you did this, here's your gold star, and more of learning to love the process. And he says that learning to access rewards from the activity itself and getting pleasure from the activity itself rather than from you know that gold star that you get afterwards is so much more sustainable and will produce better results long-term. Because if you're always expecting a dopamine hit from, from the reward afterwards, you eliminate the ability to generate pleasure during the actual effort or during the actual activity or during your actual workout. And this makes the workout itself more painful, right? And painful, I don't necessarily mean like joint pain, although it can, but painful as in like, it just feels like more of a drag. So in order to keep doing that activity where you're expecting a reward afterwards, Huberman explains that you'll need more dopamine driving activities like louder music and more caffeine and more social interactions just to get yourself to the gym to do the activity and then get the reward afterwards. Because your brain is wired to seek pleasure and avoid pain, which explains how you can quickly burn yourself out and quit, quit from seeking that end reward rather than training yourself to enjoy the actual process, to enjoy during the workout, to enjoy the actual activity. When your reward is the gold star that you get from your fitness watch because you burned a certain amount of calories and you get that dopamine hit after you've already done the workout, Huberman describes that 
We can disassociate the neural circuits of dopamine and reward that we would have normally gotten from exercise alone. So over time, you have less and less pleasure actually exercising and it begins to become a drag. And this is where people drop off, right? So here's what I recommend given this information. Learn to feel really good during your workout. So ditch your fitness watch and focus on two primary things in every workout, which I kind of alluded to earlier, two primary things during your actual workout. Your workout should feel comfortable on your joints and satisfying to your muscles. And let me explain a little bit more. So I talk about this in my classes a lot, but we don't torture ourselves for no good reason. And I know this sounds small, but things like you know, when you're sidelining and working on arms, resting your head on a pillow so that your neck is comfortable or making small mechanical tweaks so that your knees feel really good in, in the exercise that you're choosing or adjusting your form slightly. So it feels more comfortable and fluid on your joints. And I know that sounds obvious, but it is amazing to me how many people torture themselves really for no, no good output or for no, no good reason. So that's number one is your workout should feel really comfortable and that will allow them to feel more pleasurable. Right. And then the second thing is to choose exercises that feel satisfying. They feel like they're really doing something. They're really contracting and fatiguing your muscles. I call this feeling cooked after a set, right? Your muscles should feel really tired, but your joints feel really comfortable. And this is super satisfying and makes you feel good during your actual workouts and accomplished during your actual workouts. So this is how you can rewire your workouts to have that dopamine hit during the activity instead of waiting for that gold star after the activity. Okay, so that's reason number two about motivation and dopamine. The third and final reason why I don't recommend fitness watches for some people is because it doesn't give you a metric for the most important thing in your workouts, which is how you're loading and stressing your muscles. Yes, your fitness watches measure, you know, how hard your heart is beating. And yes, cardiovascular health is important. But if you're strengthening your muscles, your heart rate will go up and your cardio health will improve. You can always add short, you know, intense bursts of cardio if you want more, but muscle actually improves your cardiovascular system because more muscle means your heart and lungs have more tissue to serve and need to work harder. Muscle is also important for body composition and utilization of glucose, which I talked about in last week's episode called how different workouts affect your body. If you want to go listen to that. So y'all know how important I think muscle is. And I, I don't think women should be afraid of gaining muscle and getting bulky because if you get to a certain muscle mass that you're happy with and you're like, okay, I don't want to gain any more muscle. If whoever you are, man, man, woman, whoever you can maintain that muscle mass, right. By, you know, just not going up in your weight, not increasing your volume. We still want to weight train and maintain your muscle mass. Cause if you don't use it, you tend to lose it. But I don't think that women especially should be afraid about gaining muscle or getting bulky because we lose muscle as we age. So you have to use it and increase it as much as possible to keep a healthy and truthfully to keep a youthful body. Okay. So just to summarize the three reasons why I ditched my fitness watch and why you could consider ditching it if you resonate with this stuff is number one, that calories burned is not the best metric to measure your workouts effectiveness. Number two is that 
um, has to do with fitness watches effect on dopamine and motivation. And lastly, that watches don't measure the most important thing, which is how your muscles are stressed and fatigued. So if you feel like you have a healthy relationship to your fitness watch, again, I don't want to discourage you from using it, but I've talked to so many people who have stopped using their fitness watch and they've never gone back. And they say it's so freeing. They're finally enjoying their workouts. They're able to be more consistent with their workouts. Again, maybe because of that motivation piece, right? They're learning to love the actual workout instead of the reward that they get afterwards. So in short, whether or not you decide to keep using it, I really think that listening to your muscles rather than listening to your fitness watch is the way to go. So whether or not you're using your fitness watch, please, please listen to your muscles rather than your fitness watch. Okay, so let's quickly go through some reasons why you may wanna keep your watch and then some reasons for maybe considering ditching your fitness watch for your workouts. So here's some reasons why you may wanna keep it. You feel like you get a reasonable amount of activity with it. You aren't experiencing symptoms of overuse or overexercise, like constant soreness or tightness, joint pain, exhaustion, moodiness, etc. So if you feel like you get a reasonable amount of activity, a healthy amount of activity, and you aren't experiencing those symptoms of overuse or overexercise. Number two, if you can leave the house without it and not obsess or worry, or if it stays on the charger and you go for a walk, you're not worried that it's going to miss those steps. Uh, Number three, it's a good reminder for you to move if you feel like you would be pretty sedentary otherwise. Again, I think my parents are a really good example of this. You know, it's just, it's a reminder for them to like move around a little bit more, but they're not like obsessing about it. So Those are some good reasons why it might fit really well in your life. Now let's consider, you know, these reasons why you might ditch your fitness watch. So there's a few, there's a lot. (laughs) Number one, and I wrote these because this was me and I can 100% resonate with all of these things that I listed. And I know maybe a lot of you could too. So if you feel naked without it, if it's not on your wrist and you feel like it's like there's something wrong, like it's a part of you. If you feel like your workout doesn't count, if you forgot your fitness watch or accidentally forgot to start your watch, if you do extra things outside of your workout, if you didn't quote unquote burn enough calories during your workout, like I used to run in place at the end of my day, if I didn't burn my, if I didn't make my calorie goal for the day, so ridiculous. If you feel unsatisfied, if you didn't close your rings every day, and if you feel guilty about taking a rest day, like if you have your Saturday or Sunday where you're maybe not working out a ton and you didn't close your rings, if you feel guilty about that. Um, If you measure the effectiveness of your workouts by calories burned, and if you think that it's not enough unless you burn a certain number of calories in your workouts. If you would turn around to go get your fitness watch, if you left it at home, (laughs) I tell a story about how one time I was teaching a fitness class and I was already running late and I was out the door in my car and I realized that I forgot my fitness watch and I literally turned around and went to go get my fitness watch. And I was very late to teaching my class. Ridiculous. (laughs) I think it was one of those moments that I was like, huh, maybe I need to reflect on this. Okay. So I'm still going. If you justify food decisions because of how much you burned in your workouts or on the contrary, if you over restrict and under eat because you didn't burn enough calories in your workouts, 
If you are constantly distracted during your workouts by checking your heart rate or checking the calories that you've burned to the point where you may ignore joint pain or discomfort or sacrifice your form during your workouts and then feel it later, right? So if you're just distracted and, and you're judging your workouts effectiveness on that, on that fitness watch rather than how your body's actually feeling. Two more. If you discount workouts where you felt great muscular fatigue and your muscles felt cooked, but you discount them because they didn't burn enough calories. And then lastly, if you won't even give a workout program a chance because it isn't focused on burning calories or pushing your heart rate to the max, maybe you should consider ditching your fitness watch. Again, I think overall listening to your muscles, not listening to your fitness watch is so much more sustainable, effective, and enjoyable. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know what you think. If you could leave a rating and review, that would be amazing or share it with a friend who you feel like may need it. And if you would like to join Evlo, we would love to have you. We just brought back our seven day free trial. So you can try the entire membership for free for seven days. EvloFitness.com. That's E-V-L-O fitness.com. We would love to have you there and we will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.